Come on, you may be seated today in God's presence. He is a good, good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good dad. got two things I want to say before we keep on, three things I'll say before I begin to give you this sermon the Lord has placed on my heart. Just some housekeeping things that I wanted just you to hear from me. They've announced them, but I want you to hear it from somebody. Say me. This Saturday, we have a gathering of all of our staff members, volunteers, uh, team members. If you serve in any capacity, you should have received that notification weeks ago in your planning center. Please, please, please plan to be there. If you're here today and you want to be a part of that, you want to know what we're talking about, it's just our strategy for 2016. You can come on in. You can fellowship with us. Um, We invite the whole church to be there. You can all come. Amen? Uh, But the following Wednesday, uh, the last Wednesday, I'll say, of the month, Wednesday the 27th, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken, we're committing this year to every month pour into our volunteers. And so, let me do it again. We're committing this year every month to pour into our volunteers. And so we're having our team night. We're calling it the locker room. It's going to be the last Wednesday of every month. We're having our locker room. And this one is a, is a Mexican theme. Praise God. We're going to have a taco bar for you guys and some fun, some games. Um, we're going to have a piñata apparently. Praise God. Um, kids are welcome. All the kids are welcome from the, uh, the volunteers, children. Praise God. This is strictly for, for servants of the house. If you are not a servant in the house, I will ask you to leave. Praise God. Um, or to begin to serve, amen. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding, but I am. And then also, February the 17th, I believe it is 17th. Pastor John, is that right? Where is he at? 17th? The third Wednesday of February, praise God. We're taking the whole team. You, would, you should have gotten that notification also. We're going to rock and jump and trumble. We're going to have all the teams competing against each other, Amen. And so we just got some great stuff planned for you. And lastly, I want to say I want to thank every one of you who came out, every one of our volunteers or church members who have been obedient to what God is doing. Um, Obedience is better than sacrifice. I want to thank all of you who came out to Wednesday night worship, all of you who are fasting with us, all of you who are giving with us and who are committing to what God is doing in our church this year. I'm telling you, I just feel like God is going to do something ridiculous. And so I'm believing God for that. You see my two cups here. I didn't have a marker, so I just wrote it in pen. You might not be able to see it. But one says rooted, and one says not rooted. And so we're going to preach today about being rooted in Jesus. And last week, we started our series entitled Deep or Dope. Is your relationship with God deep? Is it profound? Is it changing your life? Or is it just fun and casual? Is it just dope? Is it just cool? Is Jesus just the, as, as AJ would say to me in one of our creative meetings, is Jesus... A fashion statement or see the statement that fashions your life? And, and which one is it? Is, is he moving in you or is he just somebody who, oh, I love God, so I go to church on Sundays. And, but I don't pray and I don't ever read my Bible and I don't really worship at all. And I swear, I watch bad things on television. I watch things that don't please God, would never please God. But that's okay because I love Jesus and there's grace for that. No, 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 no. Is your relationship with God changing you? Is it putting new interests in you? Amen. Is it doing new things in your life? And so I, I wanted to talk to you this week about how to avoid the pitfalls of emotional roller coasters in your life. How, how to avoid 
running into the same sins that you always run into. I want to talk to you today about, this chair is really cramping my style today, praise God. About how to get before God and, 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 and begin to see the changes in your life. And to see the things that God is doing, or wanting to do rather, in your life. As you read scripture, you would know that it's not God's desire for every storm in your life to knock you down. If you read the Bible, you'll clearly see that it is not God's will, somebody say will, for you to be every few months caught up in a different drama of your life that avoids you coming to God the way he needs you to. If your feelings are changing the way you're treating people around you, that's not God. If your feelings about people in church or, or, or the church are stopping you from serving God in the capacity you used to, that's not God. If something you're going through is stopping you from giving the way you used to, that's not God. Because God wants us to be steady and consistent and constant. He wants us to not be swayed around by every storm. And as we read the Bible, we see that God does not want us to be fooled by the thoughts of the world. God does not want you to be caught up in this new age Christianity. God does not want you to be caught up in the philosophies of man. God does not care what culture thinks. God cares what culture you create in your households. God cares what cultures you create in your life. How do I make sure that my walk with God is deep and not just dope? Paul gives us the answer. Paul gives us the answer in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. And and, and we're going to read that right now. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. And Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. Come on, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, our truest desire through this fast is not just to to beat our bodies into submission, but rather to see you moving us, to get your marching orders for the year, to get direction, God. God, that you would fill us up with your spirit. As Jesus said, it is the will of God that nourishes me. That is my food, not, not just food of the flesh and physical, but I want the spiritual to feed me. So, Father, as many of us are fasting in this room today who have been obedient to what you are saying to us and calling us to do, I pray that you would fill us up according to it, God. Fill us up, Father God, according to our sacrifices. Fill us up, Father God, as your word comes forth today, that you would shine forth. And that if anyone be under a cloud of sorrow, a cloud of doubt, that you would break through like the bright morning sun, Father. That I may decrease and you may increase through me, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And so Paul is writing to the church in Coloss. And he encourages them to continue. Somebody say continue. As they have started. In other words, he's saying that you should continue in Christ Jesus in the same manner in which you started in Christ Jesus. And that's difficult because many of us know that when we first came to Jesus, man, things were, somebody say, different. We just loved, we wanted to talk about Jesus to everybody. We had faith for God for anything. This bread is going to last me a week. It's a half a loaf. I don't care. 
We had faith in God when we first came to Christ. It talks about it in Hebrews. Remember how you would endure trials and tribulations and you would go through something. You'd be like, that's fine. I get it. Jesus said it. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. And when we first come to God, we have this joy. The Bible talks about it. It's the refreshing. It's the refreshing of the Pentecost, of the Passover, when death passes over your life and it's gone now. And now it's just Jesus and you have the promise of eternal life and you live with this joy. This unshakable joy in Jesus. But what happened in Paul's day was that in this church in Colossus, there was a number of false teachings being taught in the church. And the core of the teaching was that Jesus wasn't enough. We see from reading chapter 1 that Paul talks about Jesus. And he talks about the sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus above all things, even in creation. And he talks about Jesus in the context of Jesus is the agent of creation. In other words, he says that when God spoke, it was actually the word Jesus. Jesus is the word of God that Jesus went out and created the world. That all that we see, Jesus created through the Father. And so he says in verse 15 of chapter 1, in the image of the, or rather, he is the image of the invisible God. It's talking about Jesus. He's the firstborn over all creation. What does that mean? It is talking about that in our history with God, the first time God spoke is when he said, let there be light. And that is when Jesus came out of the mouth of God. So he's the firstborn over all of creation. For him, by all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things were created by him and for him for he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And so Paul's dealing with the false teaching that, that is centered in three areas. The first one was it denied the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ. It was saying that Christ was not all God, and we know that's not true because the Bible clearly says he was equal to the Father. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It denied that the Christian was complete when they were in Christ. That's a lie. We know that we have all things we need for godly living when we are in, somebody say, Christ. The third thing was it tried to supplement the freedom in Christ by introducing ways to heighten Christian spirituality. What does that look like? It could look like a number of things. It could could be somebody saying, well, you have to pray five times a day or else you're not saved. Not true. Well, you have to dress a certain way or else you're not saved. Uh, Not true. Well, you have to come to church with your hair like this. Well, no, no, that's not true. Jesus is enough. If he wasn't enough, then I don't need him. I don't need a God who's just almost enough Then I have to do something else. I need a God who is completely enough for me. He can do everything for me, and he is my full salvation. 
And so Paul is telling this church who is now getting confused and now they're, some of them are, are kind of doing different things to try and be saved or be Christian or be righteous. And he's like, no, 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 no. Jesus is enough. Just continue as you, somebody say, started. If we're honest today in the church, we have a lot of false teachings. Much false beliefs in the church. Some churches steeped in mysticism. Steeped in idolatry, idolizing pastors, witchcraft in the church. Some of them coming from the pulpit. All this mess in the church and Paul saying, no, 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 no. Jesus is enough. Honor your pastor, love your pastor, support your pastor, respect your pastor. He ain't God. Jesus, somebody say, is enough. And so Paul, in chapter 1, is refuting this false doctrine that Jesus is not enough. But no, he says Jesus is everything. He is the sum total of all that we need to be in Christ. And he describes in more detail in chapter 2 what Jesus is to the believer. But he implores us. It's so important. He implores us and says, you should continue as you started. That's so important. Continue as you started. Continue as you, here's point number one, my middle must mirror my roots. My middle must mirror my roots. I, I, what I'm doing in the middle of my walk with God has to mirror what I did in the beginning with my walk with God because it was the things that I have done in the beginning that have catapulted me to the middle. So why would I change what I started doing over there if it was working there and not do it here? I, I, I'll break it down to you like this. I'm the kind of guy, and I, I told you this before, who, who if I joined a gym, which we all join a gym and we make donations to them, praise God. If I joined a gym and I started working out, I'm going to go hard the first day. But then the second and third day when I'm sore, I'll probably go a little less. But the thing is, Jesus is saying, if you started going all in right here, why change over there? Paul's giving this, this, this teaching and he's saying, listen, you have to understand that if you don't keep a constant flow in your walk with God, you are going to be toppled by different false doctrines. You'll be tricked by these TV preachers. You'll be tricked by all manner of people. You'll, you'll have Satan knocking you down in every storm because you are, not, you are not attached to your roots. You are in some other place. But if you stay attached to the roots, if the middle, if the middle of your, if the middle of your week looked just like Sunday, praise God. Some of us by, by, by Wednesday, we are just, oh my God, I can't wait for Sunday. I need to get saved again. I'm just, <laughs> is your relationship deep or just dope? Are you going to be rooted or are you going to be all over the middle doing whatever you want to do? He said, if you're, if some of us, we know how to start with God, we don't know how to do this process part. This, this is the process. Do the same thing you have always done. He says, continue, continue. That's the key to a deep relationship with God, is to continue in the same passion. Paul says this, you don't need to be attached to anything else because Jesus is enough. And if Jesus was enough in the beginning, you don't have to add anything else in the middle just to make yourself feel good as if you're saved more now. Because you are not. 
Jesus is enough. And then if you take this middle area here and you begin to put faith in the things that you do for God above just your relationship with God, then you're going to begin to have false faith in things that we do rather than just trusting God. The key to that deep relationship is to continue on in the same passion that you first started with God, the same faith, the same, oh, I'm going to go in trouble here, prayer, the same hunger for God, the same thirsting for righteousness, the same thing that you had in the beginning. God says you should have it all along. Your middle has to mirror your beginning. you, you got to do everything the same so that you can be successful. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? He says, continue on. Jesus is enough. But how do I know if I'm doing something different in the middle? If you have lost your expectation of church, you're drifting. If you've lost your anticipation for prayer time, you're drifting. If you've lost the, the hunger for the word of God, your middle is messy. Deep or just dope? Is it, is it relationship or is it going to be religion? Is it opportunity or obligation? What's it going to be with God? Oh, pastor said, we had to give him another 10 seconds of praise and we just stand up. Because if I don't stand up, everybody else looking at me like, you don't want to praise God? What's wrong with you? You don't love God? I really love God. What about you? They just don't. We do stuff out of obligation. No, this is an opportunity. I told somebody a couple of weeks ago, you don't, you don't got to serve in this church. You get to serve. Get it right. I don't got to give. I get to give, and I love it. Because that's what God has placed in us. These gifts, these talents, those things are all great. But if we lose the reason why we do it, if we're just doing it out of routine, or if we're doing it just because the other people need it, no, 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 no. There should be a certain level of the fact that you're serving. It should feed you too. I'll wait for that one. Pray, let us settle in. Praise God. Because here's this thing. I eat what I cook. Right? My sermons, I, I discipline myself according to them first. I hold it up to my own life and say, wow, Lewis, look what God said to you first before I come preach to y'all. You got to eat what you're cooking. And he says, you have to continue as you start. Don't get fooled. Don't start nothing new. Don't, don't, don't start nothing different in the middle. Continue what you were doing in the beginning. Have you lost that bold faith? I said to Pastor John the other day, I picked him up at his house, and we, went, we drove somewhere. And I was like, John. He's like, yeah, puppy. <laughs> I was like, you know, I went... I forgot where I had gone. I, I went somewhere this morning, and I walked into this place, and, and, and you know what? There was this person there. There's this lady there, and I just felt like that. You, you should invite her to church. He was like, uh-huh. And I was like, and I didn't do it. He says, I, then I went home, and I drove back out to come get you, and I passed by this lady, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you should invite her to church, and I didn't do it. I corrected myself first. Like, man, God, you are really like, my middle, if, if I don't get this right, my middle's going to get messy. If I lose 
the fact that I want to see lost folks get saved, what am I doing here? I want to hear a secret. I don't want to preach to y'all the rest of my life. I want to preach to people y'all brought. I want to preach to people who never even heard about Christ. If I'm only preaching to you, then I failed. Y'all hearing this? And so I said, man, God, you got, you got to fix my heart. You got to correct me, God. Because how can I bring this to the church if I don't first repent myself? Is your middle mirroring your roots? Is your middle looking like the beginning? This interesting, rather, verse in Revelations 2-4 where Jesus is addressing the seven churches and he addresses the church in Laodicea and, and it's amazing what he says to them because he says, you've left your first love. And a lot of times, a lot of times you hear pastors preach this and they preach it in the context of you, you lost your first love. No, no, no. You see, I lost my keys three weeks ago. Don't know where I put it until just about five minutes before service. My mother-in-law FaceTimes me on her iPad with my daughter. And then my brother-in-law comes to the bag. Do you know whose keys these are? Yeah, fool, they're mine. How long have they been there for? Three weeks. Why didn't you tell me? I've been having to knock on the door to get in my house. It's foolishness. That's something that's lost. Don't know where it's at. But that's not what Jesus said in Revelation 2.4. He said, you've left your first love. That's a big difference. A lot of Christians leave it at the doorstep of a, of a lover they shouldn't be having sex with. A lot of Christians leave it at the point where they're supposed to hug someone, but they don't want to show Christ's love. You left your first love. You leave it. You, walk, you willingly walk away because you don't want to fulfill the things Christ is telling you to do. A lot of folks lose their first love at their giving because I don't want to do what God told me to do. You don't lose your first love, you leave it. Is it deep or dope? Is, it, is your middle looking like the beginning of your relationship? If you could look back on your life, were you ever more on fire for God than right now? If so, dope. Not deep. Just dope. I have to mirror my beginning. Notice what Paul says. Paul says, he says, he says this. I'll read it again. He says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You know, walk is a verb and it talks about action. There's no time to sit around and just let the devil come and get us over. No, he says, you got to take the steps. You have to walk. You have to move. You have to do something. There's no room for complacency in this walk with God. You have, he's encouraging them to move forward, to keep on going. Just as we received him by faith, we must continue walking in faith. Just as we received him in forgiveness, now walk in that freedom and not living in the same sins. Just as you received Jesus as Lord, so walk in the obedience to his commands and do as he said. Imagine if you fasted throughout the year instead of just 21 days. Imagine if you continued in prayer the whole year. Imagine if you worshiped him almost every Wednesday night. Imagine if you read your Bible the way you should all year long. How much different would it be if you continued as you started? But if all you do is jumpstart the beginning and not the middle... We're going we're gonna to fizz out and burn and die. We'll fall into this very casual relationship with Jesus. 
Jesus is my root. He is enough for me. He's the anointed son of the father. He's my divine savior. He's the king of my heart whom I receive through faith. Nothing else and no one else can forgive me. No one else and nothing else can save me. He is the only way that I have and I can't lose sight of this. For if I lose sight of that, I am lost myself. I can't earn my salvation. There's nothing I can do for God to come my way, lest it be through Christ. And so Paul's saying, don't add something to this faith that I have taught you. Continue walking in exactly what I taught you. Do it like you did in the beginning, and you're going to make it. If you keep the pace, you win the race. If you, if you keep on doing what you were doing then, you're going to be fine to survive right here. But if you want to change something, oh, this marks a trial in my life. Oh, I'm going to change everything. No, 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 go back to that. Go back there. Because that is what got you here. <clears throat> that is what got you here. God is trying to change the church's mindset. To thinking that you have to do so much. No, no, listen, just do what you were doing with God. Listen to what Paul says. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. He declares it right there. He declares that we must be rooted. you got to be, somebody say rooted. Here's point number two. Are you ready? What you're rooted to determines who is feeding you. What you are rooted to will determine what is feeding you. Some of us are rooted to our television. MTV's feeding you. VH1's feeding you. Some of y'all, only thing feeding you is K-Love. Your Bible, a verse a day is, what are you rooted to? If you're rooted to Jesus Christ, then Christ is feeding you, and he opens up a hunger within you for prayer, for spirituality, and for the word of God. So the Bible says in the book of Psalms, deep cries out to deep. You have to be rooted in something deep to be able to cry out to something deep. Listen, if you want to have a shallow relationship with God, that's easy. But if you want to have a deep-seated faith in God that pushed beyond just happiness and dopeness, deep suffering comes with deep relationship with God. Deep trials come with deep relationship with God. Look at Paul, shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned. Look at Peter, crucified upside down. Look at half of the apostles who were murdered for their faith. Look at Thomas, who was, who was, who was, rather Stephen, who was murdered for his faith, the first martyr of the church. You don't want the true deepness of God because that comes with suffering. Do you want deep or do you just want dope? If you want fun and cool and good and my life is great, I got a great career, nice little house with a picket fence, go for it. But that's not going to get you nowhere with God. And none of that things that I mentioned is wrong. None of it's wrong. It's all good. It can all come from God. But you have to be able to understand that because you are a Christian, you will suffer. Because we are saved, we should be able to endure. But here's the thing, we're weakened because nothing's feeding us. Some of us are rooted in our emotions. What happened to you last night determines how you wake up in the morning. Even though the Bible says joy comes in the morning. Every morning you have a choice, am I going to be joyful or am I going to have a miserable mug all day? 
miserable mug. Okay, that's what it is. All right, fine. I'm still mad at my husband and wife. I'm just still mad. I haven't got it. But joy comes in the morning, the Bible says. But I'm not going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to let emotions feed me. Well, but what about? There's no what about. It's just this is what the Bible says. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the, the morning. We have to understand that what you are rooted to determines what is feeding you. Understand, the depth of the root of a tree determines the height of winds that it can endure. The deeper the root, the greater the storm it can endure. The depth of a foundation determines the height of a building. The deeper the roots are, the more nutrients it can grab from the deeper soil. So when the rain comes down and it soaks into the ground, the tree doesn't care because it has deep roots. It can wait for the water. It's not a weed that will die up if rain doesn't come. Trees are all right because they can get the water from the deep. What you're rooted to determines what is feeding you. Are you soaking up the nutrients of God's word? Are you soaking up the benefits of, of a prayer life that's steeped in God? Are you, are you soaking in the benefits of being a part of a church body? Are you fellowshipping with the brethren? Are you finding peace and fellowship and you're finding joy in the things that God has placed around you? I've come accustomed to the point where I'm okay with finding joy in someone else if my life won't give it to me. Because Jesus put that person in my life to make me happy. So is why a parent can be going through hell, but a little kid walks in, their little kid, their little baby. I was sleeping late the other day because Myla kept me up all night. And my wife was trying to keep Aria out the room. And she was, I kept on hearing her half asleep, like, Aria, no. But man, Aria crept into that room at some point. And she walked up to me. She touched my face. She goes, I love you, daddy. I said, I love you too. What's the point that I'm making? Yeah, I was tired, but the moment she said that, man, it's time to play with my babies. It's time to get up. I wasn't happy about my situation, but she brought me instant joy. Who put her in my life? God did. I give God the praise. Are you here? What you are rooted to determines what is feeding you. You can't be rooted half the week. Could you imagine a tree who is rooted half the week? That's a half-dead tree. You can't be saved when you want to be saved. You can't be righteous when you want to be right. You can't just choose. You got to be consistent. You can't slip and fall when you want to slip and fall. You can't go by that weed and then be like, well, you know, you, you went and bought it. You made provision for sin. You can't buy cigarettes and then say you want to be free. Um, you can't talk about cigarettes in church, I guess. Amen. You can't do that. You have to walk how you first started, root yourself in Christ, root yourself in church. Listen, when I see a new believer, any new believer, or they have a conversation with me, one of the first things I'll tell them is, listen, you got to get yourself surrounded by Christian brothers. If it's a girl, you got to get surrounded by mature Christian friends. How about this person? Not that one. No, no, not that. I'll tell them. Not that one. You got to think I'm playing because I want them to succeed. And not everybody's for you when you're first coming into Christ. Find the mature ones and grow with them. Let them guide you in.
Why? Because there's strength in brotherhood, in sisterhood. There's strength in fellowship. Have you ever, have you ever been with a group of friends and been really happy and then got home and was just like, oh. God made us like that. We find strength in others. We find joy in relationship. That's all right. What you're rooted to determines what is feeding you. If you're rooted in worldliness, worldliness will feed you. If you're rooted in, 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 in things of the world, then that's all you're going to be fed with. But if you're rooted in God, man. And here's what you can't do. You can't be rooted in God and the world. You can't do that. You'll throw up. Praise God. Spiritual nausea. That's like having Chinese food with milk. It's nasty. See, nasty. Stephen said, that's blazing. I heard you. I heard you. Church, what are you rooted to? What are you rooted to? Do you read Facebook with more anticipation than God's word? Does worldly things satisfy you more than God? If one friend said, hey, come pray for me, and another said, hey, want to go to the movies with me, which one would you choose? Being rooted in God means to be fully satisfied by what Jesus offers. Because Paul says Jesus is enough. And so you're satisfied with what he offers. If you have this, I miss the things of the world, dope. That's not deep. Oh, but pastor, no, 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 let me tell you something. When you are with Christ... You can look back on that thing and say, God, oh my God. If you talk about your past with a smile on your face, that's not deep. That's a longing for the world. And I'm not saying the world won't call us, but we shouldn't call it. Because we're changed, we're saved. Oh, I want to just have a couple of drinks. What, what, what? That's old me. I'm walking in Christ. I'm walking in Jesus. We're called to be something that's rooted. Not rooted to our emotions. Not rooted to our feelings. You know, I've realized many years ago that I have to be rooted. See, the, the key to treating people right and the key to loving, here's the key to loving everybody. You want to know, I'm serious right now. The key to loving everyone, true, genuine love, is to be rooted in what God thinks of them, not what you think of them. And I'm always drawing from what God thinks of them. You can do me wrong. That's all right. I forgive you. There's people in this, there's people in this room who cussed me out. And you're back here at the church. Hey, praise God. You... you you, I forgive you. I'm rooted in what God thinks about you. There's people who've gossiped about me. That's fine. Listen, that's okay. I'm rooted in what God thinks about you, and I love you. We're not supposed to be rooted in our emotions. We're called to be rooted in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, rooted in the sufficiency of Christ in every area of our lives, rooted in his all-surpassing love, rooted in his purpose for us, rooted in his strength, rooted in his word, and rooted in his love. And the deeper my roots, the higher I can grow. And here's the thing, here's the, here's the key. This is, well, why, 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 Pastor? Here's the why. Because the higher I grow, even though I'm short, praise God, the higher I grow in the spiritual, the more shade I cast when the sun hits me. Which means the more people who can find refuge under my shadow. And I give glory to God. What was that? You, you, need, you need comfort? Come on, come to the house of God right here. Come on, come to the house of God. I'm not God. I'm just an example of who he is. And I can lead you to him. The deeper the roots, the higher you can grow. The depth of my root determines the height of my use. 
The depth of my root determines the height of my use to God. The taller you are in growth, the more people can see us and see God in us. And we don't get the glory because the real story is in the roots. The real story is in God. You got to stay rooted and allow yourself to be built up in God. But truth is that far too often emotions rule us. Far too often we're, we're rooted in temporary things. Temporary things. Your boyfriend, girlfriend breaks up with you, your life is over. You're rooted in something temporary. Rooted in what you think is right rather than what the Bible says is right. And when the storm comes, we're toppled, we're, we're cast off. Because what, why? Because what has been feeding us was not meant to build us. Notice what Paul says, be rooted and built up. And only God can build you up. Only God can build you up. Is your relationship with God deep or just dope? Is the depth of what you need there, is the depth of God in you? Or are you rooted in things outside of God's will? Well, maybe today you need to be uprooted. Root yourself in the love of the Father, the reading of his word, the generosity of the church. Root yourself in the fellowship of believers in the life of praise and worship. Whatever you are attached to, church, I'm telling you, it is feeding you. Whatever you are rooted in, it is feeding you. God won't give you the responsibilities of an oak tree with the roots of a weed. He won't let you carry things. And some of you want more from God, but you aren't even deep enough in God. You want to see God do X, Y, and Z, but you can't even get past A, B, C. He says that you need deeper roots. Here's point number three as I sum this up. Paul says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. My goodness, somebody say abounding in thanksgiving. Paul closes this out by saying the end result of rooting yourself in Christ and building yourself up in the faith is that you would abound in thanksgiving. In other words, he is saying that good roots in God lead to thanksgiving no matter the situation. To a deeply rooted tree, a rainstorm is a blessing, not a problem. To a tree with shallow roots, the rain that soaks deep into the ground escapes. But to a deeply rooted tree, every storm brings nourishment. You see, many of us live our lives on that emotional thermometer. The level of our thankfulness is connected to how we don't go through things. Whereas when we are connected to God and we're deep rooted in God, nothing can take our praise. Nothing can take our thanksgiving in God. Here's point number three. The deeper my position, the more thankful in affliction. The deeper my position, the more thankful in affliction. I need two volunteers. Carlos, come bless the Lord. I need one more volunteer. Anybody want to volunteer for me? Anybody? Oh, don't all jump at once. Praise God. You right there. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You better put your hands together for my volunteers. So, you're going to be, you're going to be rooted, and you're going to be not rooted. Pastor's going to show them a magic trick. Amen. So, you love magic? Praise God. All right. So, this is, a, this is an illustration that I gathered from a very elementary program for kids, but I wanted to show it to you all because I thought it was wonderful. We're having Sunday school now. Amen. And so, this represents just the storms of life, okay? The storms of life. 
You've been through a lot. <laughs> See, if this was at Bastic, I'd make a big mess, praise God. And this also represents the storms of life. And there's going to be a difference. You see, this one says not rooted. It's when you're going through things, but you are not rooted in God. And it, hey. Okay. And it just, you sure you don't want to take the hat off? And sometimes it just comes all over you. Sometimes it even just splashes you in the face. Now let's be real. When a storm, I love you, Carlos. Stay right there. How did that feel? That felt great, I guess. Okay. Sometimes when a storm comes, let's be real. Oh my God, I can't. Why do I got to go through this? Let me Facebook it so somebody can pray for me. Lord, why am I going through? My life is this. My life is that. Oh, I'm not going to church today because I'm mad at so and so or this and that. I'm not going to tithe because I don't want to this. I'm not going to give because of that. I'm not going to go love nobody because of this. Oh, stop it. You're not rooted in God. Oh, I lost my job. I'm going to stop living for God. Oh, oh, this person in my family passed away, so God's not good anymore. Or this happened to me and that. No, no, no. When you're rooted in God, when you're rooted in God, even the storms become nourishment. Even, I, want to test this out? No? I got you. When you're rooted in God, every storm becomes nourishment to your roots. Just like Jesus. Jesus knew the nails were nourishment for humanity. He knew that it would, it would edify somebody. He knew that it would be a blessing to someone. And he was able to... Uh, you, tr you trust me? A little bit? A little bit? How did it feel? Felt good. You feel like it was as bad as him? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you know why? Have you ever gone through something and said, if it wasn't for Jesus? Have you ever like been through like a really big, big storm and said, if it wasn't for the relationship I had? Some of us say, some of us after a storm, we say, if only I had had the relationship. But when you're rooted in God, you can abound in thanksgiving. When you're rooted in God, you can soak in the problems and purpose them as promises. When you're rooted in God, you can believe God even in the face of a storm. You can take back the winds and hurl them back and say, you're not going to defeat me today. I am rooted. I am grounded. I am abounding in my thanksgiving, God. I thank you even for the storms of my life, God. I thank you even for the problems that I face, God. I thank you even for losing my job because you're going to open up a better door, God. I thank you. I thank you for breaking me because you put me back together, healed, whole, filled. God, I thank you. I want to spend this year thanking God in the midst of trials. I want to thank God in the midst of problems. I want to thank God in the midst of tribulation. I don't want to be rooted in emotion. I don't want to be rooted in worldliness. I want to be rooted in God. Trusting him that if he sent the storm, he knew my roots were deep enough. That if God sent it my way, he knew I could send it back defeated. 
I want to look at every situation in my life this year, trusting, believing God, that I won't have to deal with the messy storms, but that God has already made a way for me to soak it all in. That God has prepared a way for me to, to, to get through it. That I can see every issue in my life as a moment where God was beginning to build something in me. Church, you can't make stumbling blocks into stepping stones without roots. You got to be rooted in God. This year, my prayer for you is that you won't be toppled when life beats you down. My year for some, my prayer rather for you this year is that some of y'all won't backslide like you always do in the summer. My prayer for you is that you won't be distracted this year, but that you'll be focused like a laser on the will of God. On a deep-rooted relationship with your unrooted, a deep-rooted relationship with God. That when the storms come, you already know that nothing is going to come nigh your dwelling. There's that Bible verse where it says, A thousand may fall at my left, and, and ten thousand may fall at my right. But nothing is coming towards my dwelling. In other words, in other words, in other words, the whole economy might fail. A, a plague might break out and a thousand people die over there. Country might end up getting invaded and 10,000 over there. Not my dwelling. Because I'm rooted. I'm with the Lord. I'm under protection. We don't even walk in that boldness of protection anymore. Deep or just dope? Do you, do, do you want the storms of life to get, to, to get you? I'm a pretty bad storm. I'm sorry for throwing it out of your face. Amen. Praise God. They love, they love this. So you should be mad at them. They should all apologize for laughing at you. Do you want to be like caught off guard every time a storm comes? Or do you want to be like just let it come? It may sound funny. I want to be like a tree. Before the storm, they're like this. During the storm, they're like this. And after the storm, if it's deep-rooted, it's like this. It's just standing there, strong and mighty. Come on, do you want to be deep this year or just dope? Thank you for my volunteers. You can go back to your seat. Praise God. depth of your root determines the height of your use in God this year. The depth of your root. Maybe some of you don't even want to fast. You haven't fasted yet. You know, start fasting today. The depth of your root determines the height of your use. Maybe you don't want to give in the first roots. Give because the depth of your roots determine the height of your use. Maybe you don't want to pray on Wednesday night, but the depth of your, of your roots determines the height of your use. Paul says it right there. He says it. He says it right there. He says, he says, listen to this. He says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding. 
abounding. You know what abounding means? It's like bouncing forward. It's emotion. It's just boom, move out, out of nowhere. Like dropping a Mentos into a Diet Coke bottle. <laughs> abounding. And thanksgiving. Why would you abound in thanksgiving? Do you not know that thanksgiving is the only way we are called in Scripture to enter God's presence? His house. The psalmist writes, enter into his courts with thanksgiving in your hearts. Do you want to enter God's house with thanksgiving? Rather than God, I don't understand God. No, 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 God, I thank you. God, I worship you. God, my, my home isn't 100%, but I love you. I thank you. I thank you. You woke me up today. God, I thank you. You're a good God. Where are your roots? For whatever you are rooted to is feeding you. Come on, stand to your feet. As you stand to your feet, would you be so kind as to bow your heads and close your eyes all across the sanctuary. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We thank you, Father, and we honor you, we magnify you, we lift you up. You're worthy, you're worthy, you are worthy, Father. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, deep or dope, rooted or not rooted today. Rooted or not rooted. God, what am I, what am I attached to? What's feeding my life? What's feeding my spirit? God, what is feeding me? Come on, deeper dope today. Every head bowed, every eye closed, front to the back. Come on. We're just letting God just speak to hearts, speak to minds. I know Mike and the band's going to sing a worship song, and I can tell they're going to sing, Oh, come to the altar. And you know what? That's exactly what I want to do today. That's what I want to do today. If that's you, just come to the altar. As the prayer team gets in position, if God's speaking to you, if your roots are suffering in any way, any way, capacity, shape, or form, if your roots are suffering, if your roots are hurting, if your roots are not where they need to be, you're saying, Father, 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 have your way in me. Come on, if you know it, I'm going to ask you in a couple of seconds here just to make your way to the altar. Do exactly what the song says. Come to the altar. I don't care if you're, if you're whatever you are in this church, I don't care if you're a 10-year member, if you know your roots are not where they need to be, and he's going to call you up, then come on up, then come on up. Come on, Father, you see hearts, you know minds, you see them today. As we've been worshiping, we've been praising you. I know you've been speaking to hearts and minds. I know you've been working on them in Jesus' name. So, Father, even now I ask you to give them the boldness to uproot themselves from their chairs. Give them the boldness, God, to come forth to see, seek your face, to be prayed for, to be lifted up. In the name of Jesus. Father, give them boldness right now. Come on. If that's you, I'm calling you now. Come forward. Come on. Come forward. Come forward. If that's you, come to the altar. Just like the song is going to say, come to the altar now. Come, 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 come. Don't delay. Don't wait for nobody around you. It's your moment. It's your day. Come on. I want to deepen my relationship with God. I want to come in agreement with someone. I want to see God move in my life. Come on. I want to lift it up right now. Come to the altar. Don't just make it a cute, pretty song. Come. Come now. Come. Come on. I sense in my spirit you're fighting it. Come. 
Come to the altar.